Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. We've been doing a series on breakthrough and today we're going to talk about breakthroughs in prayer. And why don't we right now just take a moment to respond. Why don't you close your eyes and maybe lift your hands to heaven. And if you've got one prayer that you'd like to pray, what would it be? Maybe it's for breakthrough for health or for a friend or something. I want you to pray that prayer to Jesus right now. Just from your heart, open your mouth quietly and just pray that prayer. What's the greatest prayer on your heart right now? Just come on, let's pray it out. Just pray it out to God. Come on, let's believe. Add some faith to it right now. Be bold. Some of you are praying too small. Come on, let, let your faith rise. Let's believe for something big and a breakthrough. Some of you have been praying for for a while, but now you're saying, hey God, I've pulled back from that, but I'm going to start to believe again. Come on, let, let that prayer reach out to God. Come on, let's be bold. Don't settle for less. God, I believe for this. Lord, I'm asking you for this. God, I want my heart on fire again, Lord. Intimacy with you. Lord, breakthrough in my friends. Health and strength, whatever it is. Come on, let's declare it before heaven right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your breakthrough. Let me tell you, God's hearing your prayer right now and some things are starting to shift already. Things are shifting. Whenever you pray, something changes. And I thank you for that right now in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, you pray through us. Sometimes we're not even sure what to pray. But Lord, you pray through us. And I thank you for your breakthroughs today in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, you're stirring our hearts, setting them on fire, filling us with fresh passion and love for you. Oh, we thank you for it now in the name of Jesus. Wow, God is good. Margaret, you love to pray. I believe God's going to take you into another season where prayers are just going to bubble out of your spirit. Not just your understanding or your mind. They're going to come out of here. And I see you with compassion and love and weeping over people that need to find Jesus. It's going to come out of your spirit, not your head. I see a breakthrough. I see it pouring out of your heart. Oh, God is so, so good. His Spirit is drawing us to run after Him. Amen. Let's take our seats. We've been doing the Alpha Series, and the, week, the theme this week was, why do we pray? And what is prayer? And for those that have done the course, it was really, really great. And, and we had a discussion afterwards, and one of the things we talked about was, when was the first time you prayed publicly? Might have been in a youth group or in a home you know, someone had the bright idea that we're all going to pray and you're only a new Christian or you're still trying to work out, mate, I don't pray out loud and you're sort of counting down as it comes. And, and I remember my first time in a youth group, I was about 13 and someone had the bright idea, let's all pray. There was about 20 of us in a circle and I'm thinking, I hope, I hope we run out of time because I'd never prayed publicly before and I was so shy and nervous, hard to believe, but that's what I was. And when we got there, my knees were shaking and I can't remember what I prayed, but it was really short. <laughs> <laughs> and some of us, that was the first time we prayed publicly. We, we lack confidence. We don't know what to say. We're sort of, is, is, am I using the right words? Today, I want to share for a few minutes on breakthroughs in prayer. We've been doing a series on breakthroughs. We talked about breakthroughs in relationships, breakthroughs in attitudes. How was last week, hey? When you break through an attitude, guess what? It gets tested. And uh, I know some of us have come through the test. Today I want to talk about breakthroughs in prayer. What is prayer? It's communicating with God. It is speaking and listening and responding. 
It's prayer for your own needs. It's prayer for other people's needs. And uh, one of the big things that happens in, in uh, prayer is that our intimacy with God grows. That we're not thinking, well, God, you're not hearing my prayer. You're distant. God wants to draw many of us into a new place of intimacy with his presence. Prayer is a personal journey of loving and trusting God the Father, the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Some people say, well, who do I pray to? Do I pray to God the Father? Do I pray to Jesus? Do I pray to the Holy Spirit? That's a good question. Some of us feel more comfortable with one aspect of God's nature. The right answer is you can pray to each one of them depending on the situation or circumstance. I pray sometimes to the Father. Sometimes I pray to Jesus and sometimes I pray to the Holy Spirit. He's God three in one. So there's no right answer. It's what God stirs your heart to pray. And Jesus did pray, teach us to pray to the Father in his name. But you can pray and talk with the Holy Spirit because it's about communication with God. Prayer is loving God and worship and in intimacy. It's asking God in faith for breakthroughs for yourself and for other people. It is listening. It is receiving. It is spiritual life. It is including God in every area of your life. Now some say, well, if God knows everything, if he created everything, why does he need us to pray? Because he already knows what our needs are. He already knows our thoughts. So why on earth did he want us to pray? He wants to partner with you in life. It's like parents or grandparents. You can do everything for your kids and make all the decisions all, the life, all their life, but they'll never grow up, they'll never mature, and they won't be able to have the courage to make decisions with right attitudes and values in their life. God wants you to grow in relationship with Him. He wants us to be responsible. He wants us to grow our faith, because when you pray, faith is activated. You're not going to pray to a God you can't see if you don't believe He exists. But I believe that God wants us to partner with Him. So He's chosen for you to pray. And there are some things will not happen unless you ask God and pray. He's designed it that way. So not supernaturally, He'll be answering someone else's prayer and you haven't even prayed it. How awesome is that? Whenever I hear of someone supernaturally finding Jesus and that there's been little or no trace of Christianity in that family... If you search long enough, you'll always find someone was praying for that person. It was a neighbor. It was a church. It was someone. It was great-grandma prayed for all of her descendants. And guess what? God's still answering that prayer decades later. That's the power of praying over our families, that he is there and he hears us. And so the disciples were with Jesus all the time, 24-7, and were with him when he, would, when he went to pray and heard his prayers to God, and yet they still asked him, what are we supposed to do? How do we pray? We've read the, the Lord's Prayer. So Jesus gave him the Lord's Prayer or the disciples' prayer. But before Jesus teaches the prayer, he says that we should stop, we should keep our prayers simple. You don't have to make them long and complicated. There are times when it just pours out of your heart and you can't stop. But some people think, well, I, I can't pray those big long words and I, I sort of stop and have to think about what I'm going to pray. That's okay. Prayer comes from your spirit, from your heart. And yes, your mind is engaged. That's why the Apostle Paul says, I pray with my spirit and I pray with my understanding. Sometimes I'm praying with uh, thoughts and 
understanding needs. Other times I'm praying out of my spirit in that heavenly language or out of stirred by the Holy Spirit. So you don't have to have all the long fancy words. God knows what you mean without having all those words. Jesus also says that we should, shouldn't show off when we're praying. He said this especially the people who used to stand on the street corners and pray and wear their prayer shawls and do all of their religious activities. So everyone thought they were really spiritual because they prayed long theological prayers. No, it's from your heart. According to your level of revelation and understanding. And uh, he wants us to pray sometimes in a quiet place with our own words. We need to tell him our needs, give him thanks, praise him and tell him what we're sorry for. One of the uh, comments in our alpha group was when the, one of the pers- people said, when I was a child, I would pray without fear of what anyone would think. You've been at the supermarket and you've got a five-year-old kid and they see someone in a wheelchair, Mommy, let's pray that they get healed. And they'll pray out loud, don't care who hears them, because they just say, well, Jesus said he can heal, so let's do it. And us, us adults, sometimes can get embarrassed when we start thinking, what are they going to say? Hey, why do we get embarrassed? Jesus said, why don't you pray and enter the kingdom like a child? We get so sophisticated and full of fear when God says, come on, let's not lose that simplicity and honesty of a child. And our prayers need to be the same. Sure, we need wisdom, we need sensitivity, but so often we miss out on what God has because we just overcomplicate it. Come on, let your heart just pour out to God in prayer, in response. So this is the, the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6, 9. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven starts with relationship with our God. Hallowed be your name. Honor him because he's almighty. He's the creator. He's our awesome sovereign God. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as is in heaven. Hey, there's peace, there's love, there's no fear in heaven. So let's believe that that's how we can live on this earth. We live in a broken world, but as the kingdom of God in us, we can live in that way. Then it says, um, give us today our daily bread. In other words, it's okay to ask God for provision resource, food, housing, transport, whatever we need. God says, come and ask me for it because I want to give it as a loving father. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. He speaks about the power of forgiveness. Do you realize if you hold unforgiveness to others or to yourself or even towards God, it can often block your prayers. There's a, there's a scary prayer there's a scary truth in First Peter, I think it's chapter 3. It says, husbands, if you don't treat your wives right, it could hinder your prayers. That's a scary thought. It doesn't tell the wives that, but it tells the husbands. So make sure you treat the women in your world with love and care and respect because God says it could hinder your prayers. And that can happen in any of our lives. If we've got unforgiveness, it can block you receiving or it can block other people receiving from God. And then it says... Um, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Reminds us of good and evil, light and darkness. And we need to be aware that God wants to protect us from temptation. If we are going through it, then he'll give you a courage. The passion says, when you pray, there is no need to repeat empty phrases praying like the Gentiles do. For they expect God to hear them because of their many words. Mate, sometimes the most powerful prayer I've prayed is, Help! 
haven't had time to work it. Am I talking to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? Did I get the right uh, words? Have I got the right amount of faith? Help! God hears the cry of your heart. It's a spiritual response. You're just saying, God, I need you right now. And how many times has God intervened, protected us, rescued us, and healed us when there's been that cry? Sometimes it can just be a quiet whisper. Our oldest son, Stephen, I've shared the story before, but he was supernaturally healed on the fifth day from um, a hole in his lung and, and all sorts of things. And when Marilyn's mum came down a few days later from Gladstone and we were sitting on the, the hospital uh, veranda there, and we're telling her the story, what happened, how that the, the doctors the next morning said, this is a miracle. There's no physical explanation, medical explanation for this. And doctors don't always admit that, but these were in a, some of them were Christian or religious. And then Mary Lynn's mum just started to cry and said, he's done it again. And we looked at her and says, what do you mean? And then she told us the story that even Mary Lynn didn't know this story because she was only a young girl. Her mum had a brain tumour back um, 50-something years ago when brain surgery wasn't as safe as it is today. And she was in the little old martyr hospital that we were looking down on. She says, I was down in that hospital. I had three young girls and you were there as a baby. And they were doing the final... They'd said there's a big uh, tumour and they were prepping her and they were going to do one more test so she, as she's being wheeled down the hospital corridor Marilyn's mum was brought up in the Catholic church had a very simple faith and they were doing one more test before they cut her open to try and do that and she said as I'm going down I saw a picture of Jesus on the hospital wall and she said I cried out and says Jesus please heal me don't let me die my husband will never survive with three young girls to raise. That was how she prayed. She didn't have all the theology with it. When they got down to do the final test, it was all gone. Jesus healed her going down the aisle as he saw her and Ellen just said, Jesus, heal me. We didn't know the story, so we we're all weeping by now. And we thought, wow. God, hears your prayer. Prayer is powerful. And he wants you to realize that, hey, when we pray, something always happens. It's not always as dramatic as that. Sometimes there's a process, there's a journey. But I want to tell you, when we pray, something happens. And so he goes on and uh, says, there's no need to imitate them since your father already knows what you need before you ask him. Pray like this. This is the passion version. Our beloved Father dwelling in the heavenly realms, may the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. Manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth just as it is in heaven. We acknowledge you as our provider of all we need each day. Forgive us the wrongs we have done as we ourselves release forgiveness to those who have wronged us. Rescue us every time we face tribulation and set us free from evil. For you are the king who rules with power and glory forever. Whoa, he's the almighty God. Oh, Father, let us know how powerful you are. And then he goes on and says, and when you pray, not if you pray, when you pray, make sure you forgive the faults of others so that your Father in heaven will also forgive you. 
If you withhold forgiveness from others, your Father withholds forgiveness from you. Wow, he's already included in the prayer in the beginning, but at the end of the prayer he says, hey, by the way, don't let unforgiveness rule in your heart because it's going to block your prayers. That's a scary thought, but it's true. I've seen it over and over again, that if we allow bitterness and unforgiveness and sometimes we've been wounded and hurt, maybe you're watching online today, you say, well, you don't know the wounds and hurt. No, I don't, but God does. And he says that one of the keys to unlock the pain is forgiveness. And he will take you on a journey as you experience his forgiveness. You can then start to release it to others. And God says it's so powerful. I want to look at a couple of the times when Jesus prayed. I'll look quickly at three prayers that Jesus prayed. Luke 3.21. One day, Jesus came to be baptized along with all the others. As he was consumed with the spirit of prayer, the heavenly realm ripped open above him and the Holy Spirit descended from Heaven in the form of a dove and landed on him. Then God's audible voice was heard saying, My son, you're my beloved one. Through you I am fulfilled. Wow, Jesus got baptized. He didn't need to get baptized. He hadn't sinned, but he did it as an example of obedience. As he was praying after the baptism, it says he was consumed with prayer. All of a sudden, the spiritual realm tore open. It wasn't just a nice party in the clouds. It was a tearing open of heaven. And the Father spoke from heaven, you're my beloved Son on whom I'm pleased. And the Holy Spirit came down and he was filled and empowered by the Spirit. And everything changed from that moment throughout eternity. Let me tell you, when Jesus prayed, something shifted and happened. I want to tell you, when you pray from the Spirit of God within you, something shifts and happens. I want to stir your faith today that whenever you pray in the name of Jesus and you cry out to our God, that something changes. Sometimes you see the dramatic breakthrough like uh, Mary Lynn's mum did. Other times, it will be a process or a journey. Sometimes you will progressively change so you can receive and see with the eye of faith what's going to happen. But I want to stir your heart. Every time you pray in Jesus' name, you something is happening. There's a shift happening. And you need to believe it and see it. And I've learned over the years, the more I pray and believe and know that something's happened, then I more likely see it actually happen. It's called faith with your prayers. Too many people pray out of fear and anxiety and worry instead of praying out of faith. You might start because you're anxious or worried about a situation. That's okay. That's your starting point. But do not finish your prayers there because that will cause you to cry out out of need and then your faith kicks in and you say, God, I believe that you can turn this around. You can break through that addiction. Lord, you can break through that illness. You can turn our nation around. Lord, you can heal the brokenhearted in our city and our community. And faith kicks in. And whenever you pray, you know something is shifting and happening. The Spirit of God will come and cause you to change. Luke 9, 28 and 29 is another time Jesus prayed. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John and James with him and went up into a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of 
lightning. This is called the transfiguration where Jesus was getting uh, ready to go to the cross. And so he had an encounter as he prayed. Heaven opened again and Moses and Elijah who had died century before came down in the spirit realm to talk with him and encourage him and say you're going to fulfill all the law and the prophets as you die on the cross and rise again and bring uh, salvation to all mankind. Peter, James and John are there, just totally overwhelmed. Here's Jesus praying with the next minute he's glowing like a huge light bulb and the power of God's all over the place. And then the God speaks from heaven and, and Peter says, oh, this is awesome, let's build some tents so we can stay here. As Christians, when we have an encounter with God, sometimes we want to stay in that holy place, but you can't live on the mountain, you've got to go down to the valley and bring the life to everyone else around us. You visit the mountain regularly. And I talk with Christians that had an encounter 20 years ago and they still live in that place, but their lives aren't changing many other people around them. Because you've got to take what you get in the encounters in prayer and then release that to all those around us. That's what Jesus did and that's what we have to do. So when they came off the mountain, there's the other nine disciples who drew the short straw. They didn't get to see the glory. Only three of them got up the mountain. The other nine are down there. They're trying to deliver this boy who was demon-possessed and, and the evil spirits were trying to kill him. Jesus walks down, speaks to the evil spirits, says, get out of him in the power that is mine. And those evil spirits leave the boy. And then Jesus said, this kind come out by prayer. Some say prayer and fasting. Some versions say just prayer. But let me tell you, Jesus had just prayed on the mountain. He was so full of power, no evil spirit could even stay within any kilometer of him because he carried such authority. He walked down there and darkness flew, fled because he carried the light and the power of the kingdom of heaven. Let me tell you, when you pray, something shifts. I have learned that when you pray, you will grow in increasing authority in the spirit and when you worship, you will have a great flow of freedom. A guy taught me that when I was a new Christian. I said, okay, I'm going to learn to pray and I'm going to learn to worship. So I've learned to do both and I keep growing in it. So that's why when I'm down the front here, I sing and worship with all my heart. I know I'm noisy and loud, but I don't do it just because I'm noisy and loud. I do it because I had a revelation the first year or two that I got saved as a, uh, in my late teens that there's great power when you pray and it releases authority. So I've learned to break through in prayer and I've learned the power of worship. I was shy. I didn't know how to do that, but I learned to worship without thinking about what other people are thinking about me. I just worship Jesus. I'm not being rude. I'm aware of everyone else around me, but I have learned to not be limited by what other people might think when I worship because I've learned the freedom that comes from worship and there's a flow in the Holy Spirit there's an open heaven comes over my life when I just press in with uh, unashamed abandon in worship and when I pray in Jesus name I know things are shifting and I'm no different to you I just have learned the power of breakthrough in prayer and worship and some of us have got to break through as Peter was sharing today, sometimes you have to do something different to break through. Now, I remember when I was about 19, our youth pastor challenged me one day. He says, we need to go and, bring a, and, and break through in prayer. You need to break the sound barrier for prayer. And I said, what are you talking about? 
he challenged me to go for a walk on the beach, an isolated beach so people didn't think I was weird. He said, I want you to pray in the spirit, in other tongues, for a minimum of two hours, non-stop, reaching out to heaven. So I found a quiet beach. I remember it was between um, the bottom end of, top end of Kiwana, nearly down to Caloundra and back. I don't know how many kilometers I walked, but I prayed in the spirit as loud as I could. There was no one on the beach. It was early morning. And something shifted in my spirit and I broke through in a freedom in prayer that has never left me. It was like I had to break through, because I was shy and I needed to break through. So I had to press through and I spoke out loudly for two hours in prayer and something shifted over my life and then I found it so much easier to pray. And an hour in a prayer meeting just went like that after that time. And sometimes we've just got to do things that shift the limitations over our prayer and our worship. Sometimes we're just so comfortable and settled. And I've learned you've just got to sometimes press through the flesh and the natural limitations to go into a larger place in the Spirit of God. It wasn't to try and impress God. It was so I would break through and know that God was hearing my prayer and I had to extend my capacity to pray for longer. You say, is it because it's long prayers? No, it's because the longer you spend in God's presence, the more likely you're going to have breakthrough and revelation. Because our heads are so full of so much stuff. That's why a 10-minute devotion in the morning is awesome. But every now and then, you need to have an hour of undivided time with God. That's why I come every Friday morning here for an hour from 7 to 8 to pray. And a few people join me. I've been doing it for 15 years now. That's my time of pressing in and getting ready for Sundays. I do my private prayer at home. I walk around my block and pray or around the street. But I press in with a small group and I just pray because that's my time of getting tuned in and I know God's going to move every Sunday because I'm ready. My spirit's tuned in. You've got to find what works for you and your rhythm. But you need to press in and not settle where you are. You need to press in and not settle where you are. I want to stir your heart today. God wants breakthroughs over your lives. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you what it means. It might be praying out loud with other people. Some husband and wives don't pray together because they're just scared of thinking, well, my wife or my husband's more spiritual, so they're going to think I'm not really that strong in my faith. Hey, just pray from your heart and start small and see what God will do. Some of you used to do prayer and fasting. My first uh, two pastors I had in churches, well, after I got saved, they, every three months they would go for two days of prayer and fasting, and that was 48 hours, no food, just water, maybe a bit of fruit, and pressing into God. First time I think, mate, how am I going to do this? But it was amazing. And then I started to look forward for those times. A good weight loss program, but it was also I pressed in and grew in the spirit. And for those several years I did that, it built something in my spirit that I still live in the overflow now, 40 years later. It broke things through in my spirit and my heart that I've never ever lost. I want to tell you, some of us need to break through. Some of you are looking, I'm too busy to do that. Hey, I was really busy. I remember when I was a young person, Sunday afternoons. I used to find a quiet spot for about two hours, pull my guitar out and worship and read the Word. I did that for about two years when I was 19 and 20 and something happened in my life that built a capacity in the Spirit that I've never ever lost. It was something God just spoke to me to do. And sometimes you've got to do whatever it is that God's going to help you to break through. 
just a bit more than what you're doing and see what God will do. And I've found that the Spirit of God does His mighty work. I want to just read the, the third time that Jesus, John 17 is Jesus' longest recorded prayer. Anyone know that in the Bible? John 17 is a powerful one. It's, the whole chapter is about Jesus' longest prayer. I'll read a few of the verses. I won't read it all, but verse 1 says, This is what Jesus prayed as he looked up into heaven. Father, the time has come. Unveil the glorious splendor of your Son that I will magnify your glory. You have already given me authority over all people so that I may give the gift of eternal life to all those that you have given to me. Eternal life means to know and experience you as the only true God and to know and experience Jesus Christ as the Son whom you have sent. Have I have glorified you on the earth by faithfully doing everything you've told me to do. So my Father, restore me back to the glory that we shared together when we were face to face before the universe was created. This is Jesus praying to the Father. Then the next um, number of verses about Jesus praying for his present uh, disciples. And then in verse 20, he starts praying for you and I as the future followers of Jesus. Verse 20, and I ask not only for these disciples, but also for all those who will one day believe in me through their message. Jesus was praying for you and I back 2,000 years ago, and he still intercedes every day for your life. I pray for them all to be joined together as one, even as you and I, Father, are joined together as one. I pray for them to become one with us so that the world will recognize that you sent me. The power of unity and agreement is awesome. It touches people who don't know Jesus. That's why the devil tries to bring strife and confusion and conflict in households, in Christians and in churches. But if we can walk in unity and one spirit and heart and forgiveness, let me tell you, the power of God is released and revealed. It says, for, for the very glory you have given to me, I have given them so that they will be joined together as one and experience the same unity that we enjoy. You live fully in me and now I live fully in them so that they will experience perfect unity and the world will be convinced that you have sent me for they will see that you love each one of them with the same passionate love that you have for me. Wow, when God's love fills you and you love one another, everything changes. Father, I ask that you allow everyone that you have given to me to be with me where I am. Then they will see my full glory, the very splendor you have placed upon me because you have loved me even before the beginning of time. You are my righteous Father, but the unbelieving world has never known you in the perfect way that I know you. And all those who believe in me also know that you have sent me. I have revealed to them with who you are and I will continue to make you even more real to them so that they may experience the same endless love that you have for me. For your love will, never, will now live in them and even as I live in them. What an amazing, amazing prayer. I challenge you to read through John 17 a few times this week and let the truth get a hold of your heart. Jesus intercedes for us and prays for us. Oh, God, stir our hearts for breakthrough. Troy, the Spirit of God says a new season of breakthrough in prayer for you. You've always loved to pray, but let me tell you, there's a fresh focus coming and there's a new authority coming and there's a new clarity of prayer that you're going to see many, many lives change because you win the victory in the Spirit and then the outflow happens. 
There's a shift happening. There's a stirring again. I see it by the Spirit of the living God. Let it pour out of your heart. God's saying, hey, you've learned some powerful truths and principles, but it's time to take some things to the next level. Not out of striving, but out of the Spirit of God. Oh, Lord, we thank you. Thank you for your Spirit. So there's individual prayer and prayer with others. Some of you think, well, I'm just a quiet person. I just love praying quietly to my, by myself. That's awesome. Intimacy. But there's great power when we pray together. I had to break through that barrier and God wants us to. Romans 8.34 says, Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, <coughs> more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Jesus is interceding for you today. That, that stirs my heart. When you're having a tough day or an awesome, uh, challenging week or a mountain to climb, guess what? Jesus is praying for you. He prayed for you 2,000 years ago and he hasn't stopped. You say, what? There's 7 billion people on the earth. If God could create everything, he doesn't get names confused. He doesn't get your prayers mixed up with someone else's. That's good news, eh? Lord, I need a house and a new car drives up the driveway. No, I... God doesn't give the card and the house gets them mixed up. He, he, he's by his spirit. He lives everywhere and he hears your cry. He wants to flow through. Just want to look at one more key scripture before we wrap it up today. Acts 4.23. I want to stir your heart. God's bringing breakthrough in intimacy and breakthrough in authority. Acts 4.23. Peter and John had healed the man on the way to prayer, things happen even before you get to prayer because the Spirit of God's working. On their release, they got arrested, thrown in prison. They're released now. Peter and John went back to their own people and report all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the power of the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Then it continues on and then verse 29 it says, Now, Lord, consider their threats. They faced the difficulty. They didn't avoid it. Consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Too often when we're under pressure, we pull back. These guys stepped up. Whenever the enemy attacks, that's the time to step up your praise. Step up your prayer. <coughs> step up your declaration. Don't pull back. Press in. Step up. It says, stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Wow, wow, wow. It was so powerful, their prayer of unity. And God says, mate, you guys aren't backing off. You're stepping up. He says, I'm going to reassure you this is the right way to go. So the whole building started to shake. We don't know if it was an earthquake or where God just said, hey, I'm going to give you a supernatural sign to show that you're going the right direction. How awesome is that, hey? And sometimes God will just show you, remind you. A breakthrough will happen quickly to show, hey, what you're believing for is my plan and purpose. It's my will. And I believe God's stirring us to break through in prayer, to break through in worship, to break through and declare with authority. God wants to increase your authority. So every time you pray, something shifts and changes. 
There is release and freedom. Addictions cannot hold us because they are against the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God says, I will break every stronghold. I will break every chain. I will heal the brokenhearted. I will set the captives free. That's kingdom life and that's where we need to live in. Oh God, help us not to settle for less. And God wants us to step up in prayer and confidence and in praise. 1 Corinthians 5.14 says, Since we have this confidence, we can also have great boldness before Him. For if we ask anything agreeable to His will, He will hear us. And if we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, we also know that we have obtained the requests we ask of Him. That's faith and trust. Don't pray and hope. Don't pray and wish. Some say, oh, I wish it'll rain this week. That's, just, that's wishful hoping. But when we pray, we know. That's faith. You know that you know that you know God's heard you, and you know breakthroughs are coming. So whatever challenges you've got, whatever mountains you're facing, whatever strongholds are in front of you, whatever things God's convicting your heart of, you need to lay it down and believe that God's going to give you a way to break that stronghold or that temptation over your life. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.